partnering with RTE on climate is not enough. AIB, we pledge to do more. Hello and welcome to episode five of Dirty Laundry. We are recording this live from the Mutiny Theatre in Dublin. And this episode is a little bit different. It is a special and it's an FAQ special. So it's Frequently Asked Questions episode featuring three experts that have been guests earlier on in the season. So you probably will recognise their voices. I am delighted to welcome three deadly women, lecturer and founder of Jump the Hedges Sheer for Carity and the founders of Sustainable Fashion Dublin, Taz and Geraldine. So... Shirfa, I would like to start with you. Um, this is a question that so many people message in about, and it's what do you do with old drags? So like old old rags, sorry. So old knickers, socks, bras, ripped sheets, unusable items, basically. What can you do with those fabrics? So you can actually dispose of those fabrics in clothing banks. Make sure your clothing bank is a registered charity and also make sure that it does accept. It'll say on it if it accepts underwear or sheets or whatever. Uh, the key thing that people need to remember for this is that I suggest putting your 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 fabrics or underwear, whatever it is, in a bag and then putting it inside the clothing bin because the problem is is that a lot of things get contaminated by other things. A lot of people are using these as dumping grounds and so they're putting dirty things in there. Putting like dirty things in and like it's really horrendous what happens. So that means that everything gets contaminated, so therefore the stuff isn't going to be used at all or taken away. It's just going to go straight to landfill. So put your stuff in a bag to keep it clean and you can put it in these different facilities and then these facilities then eventually sell it off. It can be used as rags for like a mechanics or a can be used as insulation in different industries and it, it will eventually make its way somewhere that it can be used again. And in, with where old runners, where do old runners go as well? Again, put them in your clothing bank too. Again, it has to be a registered one. But they, And can you find out if they're registered like online and just... It should say on it. Um, okay. What I've noticed is that there's sometimes ones and they'll have like the charity written up really clearly and then you might have like a random one right beside it that is non-branded and you might just because one maybe looks full you might want to put it in this but they're ne- they're always branded and they're not necessarily associated just because they're right beside each other and so why is it important for it to go to a charity one it might sound like a stupid question but uh, yeah why do they have to go to a charity branded one if it goes to a charity one that means that the money is going to go back into the charity if it goes to a non-branded one it's going to be a potentially a for-profit situation you don't know where it is going um, and it just it, for you as the as the person given you want to be able to think that you're actually giving something back and it's going to a proper place. An easy way to kind of tackle like, you know, dry, like, like you were saying, rags, underwear, t-shirts that can't be repaired is to put them in a separate bag and give them to your charity shop and on the bag, Just hand them over the counter. T- tell them that it is for textile recycling because basically the charity will then sell that bag of rags onto a textile recycling firm. So the charity will still actually make a bit of profit. Whereas when you're putting it into the bins who aren't owned by the charity shops, but rather the textile recycling firm, they're getting 100% of the money from that. So any rags, keep them in a separate bag. So if you're doing a big donation to a charity shop, have one bag and say, this is good, this is clean, um, ironed, good quality, sellable stuff. That can be sold. And then in this bag, it's complete rags. So they're not going to spend their time going through that. And as she mm-hmm. said, it's not going to contaminate stock, but they know it can be recycled. Oh, okay. So basically do it, sort your stuff out before you drop yeah. it in. Just sort your stuff out. Sort your stuff out. Um, do a bit of research. Be a segment. Yeah, do a bit of research. Yeah. And so I guess you can go online and even go into the charity shops yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And then also sort it out, sort out your bags. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I guess, you know, sometimes we can be lazy and just chuck everything mm-hmm. into one bag, dump it in and let them sort yeah. it out. 
but I guess it's not always going to be work out for them. Yeah, and actually, like one of the big problems that charity shops are facing, it's not necessarily that they don't get enough donations or clothes, it's that they actually don't have enough people volunteering. So if there's anything you wanted to do, some good piece of work for the new year and volunteering at a charity shop is really really important and that's something that they hugely Mm -hmm. need right now amazing oh absolutely and I actually volunteered a couple of weeks ago in Oxfam and was really amazed at the amount of good stuff that comes into so if you're really into your vintage if you're really (laughs) into getting stuff before everyone else like absolutely not only you're doing a good deed but you're getting the first pick and this was in a charity shop in Belfast which gets all the vintage from all over Ireland and it's a really tiny charity shop and we they get a drop every Thursday three bags of vintage clothes and I was able to go through it all and put it out on, on the floor and What is the exact location of this charity shop? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Asking for a friend? I think uh, Sable Fashion Dublin has to a charity shop yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. in Belfast um, <laughs> we're talking about a and did you pick up anything yourself? Are you allowed to? I am allowed to yeah oh, yes. and then as a volunteer I think you get like a 5% discount or something like this as well you know <laughs> I just but... even feel bad getting a discount <laughs> you get lots of tea and coffee as well while you're volunteering but um, that's that day I got little cardigan, yes. But what I was kind of shocked at being there too was, first of all, the amount of stuff that they actually couldn't even put on the shop floor was really shocking to me because now and again, a little bit of maybe contaminated stock will get through the gaps. And they had like a lot, they had a massive bag of stuff that they were like, we can't put that on the shop floor. There's too it's many stains dirty. in it, yeah. dirty stains. And it's just, is it's kind of mad, the stuff that people will put into the charity shop, it's you know? Like, I think it's not a bin. bin. It's not a dump, yeah. not a bin, you know? Yeah. But they, they, there's a, an, an, like a say anonymous thing as well about the clothing bags too is that whenever you're walking into a charity shop and you're handing over a bag you're looking someone in the eyes you're mm-hmm. handing them your stuff but if you're going to a clothing bank essentially you're not you're just throwing your stuff in there and mm-hmm. I have been a couple of weeks ago I put it up on Instagram I was walking past one of the um the clothing bank's been emptied and I stood and chatted with the guys for like 15 minutes and was so int- like interested because I think there's a sense of we don't actually think there's actual people in there getting mm. in and pulling the stuff apart and checking everything and like touching, touching this dirty stuff you know a lot of it is dirty and it really made me go god there's a, a kind of facelessness to it all mm. and you really need to see that there's people behind it and the same with the recycling plants there's actual people sorting out all all the recycling everything and the, it's all manpower behind this it's not it's not machine it's people. Yeah. I think I was also quite shocked when I went to a recycling plant in Dublin. Yes. And I was, I don't think I've ever been so buzzed for um, a press trip before in my life. <laughs> uh, but it felt like I was back in school, like kind of going on like, you know, a school field trip, but yeah. actually wanting to go rather than when you're in school. But um, I went in and like, you know, just seeing the, it was a recycling plant. So it wasn't, the, I didn't see too many clothes, but um, it definitely blew my mind when I went inside the actual factory seeing um, they had like um, those roller, um, conveyor belts. Conveyor belt, there we go, <laughs> thank you. Uh, they had conveyor belts and all the stuff coming through and one was like for big stuff, one was for, for small stuff and it was loads of people just standing around sorting through yeah. everything as everything went by and I was, then it goes into machines but at first, people are handling yeah. it first and so that really, really shocked me. It is shocking. I was in the same plant as well. I saw that you were there and it's it, it really blew my mind too because I kind of was, I, I guessed it but until you're faced with it and looking right at it, you're yeah. sort of going, God, I didn't realise this is, there was so much manpower behind all of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's the exact same with the production of clothes. Like you, exactly. know, you imagine that it's just, just machines creating all this. But yeah. It's actually people, and people are touching these like you know chemical substances. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, it definitely um, changes things when you go to um, see things for yourself. Um, Taz and G Dog. No, I'm joking, <laughs> Geraldine. I just love messing around with your <laughs> name. G Dog. 
uh, Taz and Geraldine, what is, what's your one top tip that people can implement right now in their daily lives to live more sustainably? Okay, I think we're going to say the same one, are we? Yeah, you can start off first. Okay. Um, so... The best way that you can be sustainable with your wardrobe is by using what's already there. Even more than that is by using what's already in your wardrobe. So I think Roz said on the last episode that, um, you know, we we don't wear most of the clothes that's in our wardrobe. Um, so, you know, one day, take a Saturday, make a pot of tea, open a bottle of wine, whatever you're into, and pull <laughs> everything out of your wardrobe take the boxes that are under your bed make a night of it opened. yeah absolutely yeah. like the the boxes on top of your wardrobe all those drawers full, filled with underwear that have little flowers that your granny gave you when you were 12 take it all out speak for yourself Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, oh god <laughs> um take it all out and put it all on your bed and just start stocking it back into your wardrobe start hanging things up folding it correctly and um, just by doing that you'll realize the quantity of clothing that you have and the quantity of clothing that you're not wearing. And in that process, you know, start to try to get creative. Think that, oh my God, I haven't seen this t-shirt in ages and it will go really well with that skirt that is in the back of my wardrobe that I haven't worn in in three months. So it's getting creative, making outfits from what you already had. Like I remember when I was a teenager, I used to spend days on end just putting outfits together in what with clothes that was in my wardrobe, I had nowhere to go, but just kind of mixing and matching things. Yeah. Fast fashion has made it very easy. Mm-hmm. You can go into a high street shop, you can look at a mannequin, you can say that top goes with that skirt, goes with those shoes, and I'm on trend, ready to go. So it's simple. But let's break that down. Let's actually explore what we want to look like. Let's explore our own personal style. Let's create outfits from what we already have. Yeah, love that. Yeah. Mic drop. Geraldine? <laughs> uh, taking on from that is, again, using what's already in circulation. Like, we're big advocates for the circular economy. So that's, mm-hmm. instead of creating more clothes, like, even sometimes when it's, you know, made from recycled polyester or, you know, recycled materials, that's still u- using energy to make. So, I mean, ideally, you're using what's already there and that, you know, um, means that you don't have to make more stuff. But um, going back to basics, like, do you remember the days when you'd be going to, you know, uh, the local disco and it was every week there was the same dress being carted around, like, on a different girl and it was the same photos or whatever. Um, so going back to that, like, swapping with your friends, because these are people that usually will have similar interests to you, you know, you could talk to people who have, are a different kind of similar shape to you and swapping amongst yourselves. I mean, we run swap shops, so ideally we'd love you to buy tickets to our events and help <laughs> sustain Shame our lifestyles. <laughs> but you don't have to, you know, you can do but your event free is a nice what you guys like it's quite curated, so it's actually um say if even your friends you don't have the option of friends, maybe you're same size yes. and all of that, you they can come to yours. So exactly, I guess that's yeah. why it's good. Yeah, because you know, again, I think like, you know, fast fashion, I mean, it's working for a reason, as we've already said, like, you know, it's so convenient and you, know, you can get clothes within an instant, you order online and it arrives. But I think there's also an issue of like people with big, bigger bodies, because we just recently had a plus size swap shop and it's, it's, you know, our alternatives, like go to vintage shops, go to charity shops, but actually that's not, it's not as easy as that as well, because sometimes they don't have the right sizes. Like, you know, historically people just had smaller bodies, so it's not that easy to go to a vintage shop. Yeah, so a lot like, of vintage stuff is smaller. Yeah, yeah so like, you know, ch- like vintage shops and charity shops, that's not necessarily like ironically a one size fits, fits all solution so I think you know I hate by, that time so much I hate when I see it on a piece yeah. of uh, clothing and it says one size fits all it's like no it doesn't yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so I just think but there are different ways of working around it so by swapping or going to plus size swap shops or organising your own plus size swap shop or just you know swapping clothes amongst people that are the same body, sh- body shape to you I just think um, it, it means that you don't have to rely on these fast fashion industries mm. or um, outlook what's the word outlets outlets Shia for what differences have you seen in the past few years in terms of sustainable fashion and have you noticed a shift in mindset 
Yes, I absolutely have. And it's brilliant. I have been teaching this past couple of years part-time in Belfast and in Dublin in NCAD and DIT and um, Belfast School of Art. And I've noticed a massive increase in interest from the students. When I first started part-time teaching, maybe like, I suppose, nine years ago, it wasn't really a word. We didn't even look at it. It wasn't, it wasn't an interest. And then now it's almost every single project has a sustainable or an ethical focus and an interest. The students are really concerned about fabrics. They're really looking at, you know, is there anything I can make that's like indigenous fabrics? And what, what can I use? What can I use that's reclaimed, reused? And it's really encouraging for me because... It's all, it's all very well creating a graduate collection that is made from certain materials, recycled or um, native materials. However, it's these are these are the designers that are going into the bigger companies and that they'll be saying, well, you know, I would feel more comfortable using this material. And they're the ones that are creating an impact long term. So I think it's really exciting for the future of fashion that the current cohort of graduates have a massive interest and a massive passion for sustainability. And Geraldine, what's the biggest myth about sustainable fashion that you've come across? Um, I suppose, I think there is always this perception that uh, sustainable fashion is like boring and grey and like hemp knickers and itchy. And like, I think I've probably <laughs> had that perception as well, but I think I that... Think we've all been guilty of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I suppose yeah. it did kind of have that that face to it. But um, so my my myth-busting fact is that it's not, it's colourful. Surprise! <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, so yeah, exactly. I mean, sustainable fashion can be as colourful as any other kind of fashion, but it just doesn't have that that weight of kind of guilt on it, I think. And like, I don't, I'm not here to, you know, wave the finger at anyone and, or wag the finger at anyone and um, put people down for whatever choices they make. But I think once you do have the facts about the reality, you kind of do necessarily um, kind of get this weight lifted when you start to embrace this alternative when you know that you're actually not contributing to the, the problem you're, you're reducing your your impact and I think that has a nice sorry that went down a different hole but <laughs> yeah, I think uh, um, sustainable fashion was known for being very boring and you know mm. one side you know this like shapeless kind of size yeah. um, or shape and uh, shapeless shape yeah you heard it here first people um, <laughs> but it's not sustainability has an image problem really is yes. what it is you know yeah. and it's kind of starting to evolve and through things like this podcast the PR is getting better for yes. sustainable yeah, absolutely <laughs> but there was I remember like years ago I always just felt it was out of my price range mm. and not my style either I always mm. was like no I'm, I'm not really that I, I like the idea of it but uh, you know the, the the truly sustainable brands I didn't I didn't like the styles and then now it's starting to get this other mindset where it's like okay well to be sustainable you don't necessarily have to go and buy something that is a sustainable brand you can just buy second hand you can swap you can go to thrift stores so there's uh, the, the idea of sustainability has just opened and opened and opened yeah. which is great and mm. I guess because there's actually because there's so many clothes out there already you will find stuff your si- um, mm. style sorry yeah. But it's the thing that we need to get used to, I think, um, is just patience. Because unfortunately Mm -hmm. it isn't as easy as just buying something online. But a big thing is patience. And um, But there is so much out there that you can buy from vintage or charity shops that I think you'll find something you're into. Do you know, though, also, like, it's not even a case of... Um, like you know all or nothing as well I yeah. think it's a case of like you know say if you're someone who every time you got like a paycheck you treat yourself to like you know five new tops or three new tops and a dress or whatever just pairing it back mm. so just like trying to consume that little bit less I think that's going to bring you on like way further along the kind of more considered shopping journey. like really yeah. thinking about what you're buying being mm-hmm. a conscious consumer yeah. yes yeah and um, Taz and Geraldine this is for both of you what tips do you have for people embarking on a charity shopping trip <laughs> oh right <laughs> (laughs) So um, we do charity shop crawls, which are such good cracks. So if 
there is any listener out there who is daunted by the whole prospect of stepping into a charity shop, come and join us. But obviously you can do it on your own. Um, there are loads of different kind of hints and tricks. We might take one at a time each. But for the, for the first, for the kind of, to start with, have the understanding that there's a very good chance that you will not get anything. It's not like walking down the high street and being, you're, you're guaranteed to find something that you like. I go into a charity shop probably 20 times for every one time I actually leave with something. So you do have to dig, you do have to be persistent, you have to go in multiple times and maybe leave with something, you know, every fourth, fifth, sixth time. So go in with an open mind, dig through the stock and be open to the idea that they're not, they're, there won't be something in there for you every time. Yeah. Um, my top tip would have to be go to the wealthy areas. That's oh, where yeah. the best stuff is. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, like, you know, you know, you know whatever area you live in, just figure out where the wealthy people are. <laughs> and the best stuff. <laughs> I um, got a coat that actually I was wearing today. It's inside. But, um, and it was in, can I say the area? Yeah. I mean, people know it's a wealthy area. It's Rathmines. <laughs> and, um, and I got it for 20 euro and I was just delighted. I really liked the coat. And then I was with Taz and Taz is a great one for digging out the, the tag. I mean, like, what brand is it? What, what material is this? Where, where did you get it? And it was actually Max Mara and we looked it up online and it was like six, six, worth 600 euro oh my I'm, God. Sick. I'm sick I'm sickened because yeah. you two are really really good at that yeah. so where I mean Taz you got a dress recently actually when I was with you on a charity shop crawl and you got a dress that oh, yeah. I, I can't remember if you got the one you weren't mad into but it just was worth loads of money I wasn't mad into it actually that, that's like I fell worth victim loads. to what I tell people not to do <laughs> I tried on this dress I was like Molly Parsons actually made me buy it um, I tried on Rats this dress named and, and, um, and you know I liked it it was kind of nice so I was like I'm not it actually looks great on you, on I have to and say like, it is a nice dress and I, I look pretty good in it I'm not going to lie <laughs> but Fantastic. I wasn't 100% mad in it and it was like I think like 25 euro, which is ridiculous for me to say it's expensive, but for a charity shop, but, char- but unfortunately, yeah. because we've because there's a demand for charity yeah. shops, they are more expensive now. Yeah. Just, but anyway, yeah. I looked at the label. The actually, the lady behind the counter was like, "That's a brand now." Before you hang that back, you know, that's a designer. And I looked it up online, and it was 450 euros. So like, oh. Christ alive, I'll buy it. <laughs> I know, I'm definitely full victim to that as well by being like, it's worth loads, but I don't really like yeah, it, but it's yeah. worth loads. Mm. Don't do that. Yeah. And also, okay, another one, I think we've both got things in like different sections of charity shops. So like, look in the men's section, look mm-hmm. in the kids section, mm-hmm. look in I the love men's section, at the moment. all that kind of stuff. So, and yeah. when you're looking at things, looking at the, look at them differently. So I have this like size 22 John Rocha blouse that I wrap around and kind of wear it as a dress and you have loads of things that you kind of wear in different ways I'm yeah. sure you guys do too oh yeah yeah so like look beyond what that item of clothing yeah. is I wear really socks as hats I mean it's, <laughs> it's <just> different <laughs> I genuinely would be surprised if you did um, now Shifra you own you have your own uh, business it's called Jump the Hedges and um, you make um, like accessories and bags out of the sides of trucks now you probably could say it in a much better selling way than I did just <laughs> That's then perfect. so on that note for how um this is a FAQ, a question that we got in about that then. How can you set up a sustainable fashion company and what can people do if they want to make that switch to selling sustainably sourced products? Okay, so I would suggest starting small, very, very, very small is how I would suggest because it can be a little bit overwhelming. And when I first decided, I always wanted to have my own business of some sort and I knew it want, I wanted it to be sustainable and ethical. And I initially wanted to do like a yoga clothing brand and got really bogged down on the ins and outs of it because if you want to be truly, or if you want to be registered as organic, you have to have organic thread, buttons, like really tiny, tiny details. And I got really overwhelmed and kind of was like, oh, I actually don't know if I can do this. And then I started looking... 
kept I kept going back and thinking about okay what do I want to do so what I wanted to do was use my hands so I started just making my own stuff and I started using materials that were locally sourced so as much as it's not that my materials are being made well they are being they're being ethically made by me but they're not being made in a for example like an ethical factory in India and um, it doesn't mean they're not necessarily sustainable because to be truly sustainable it's sourcing things locally in a small distance, in as small a way as possible. So I would suggest that people think about what it is you want to do and why you want to do it. You know, for me, it was wanting, I was wanting to use my hands and I was wanting to work um, for myself. So that's how my business became sustainable in that way. But just thinking about how to, how to, how to evolve your idea and not getting too bogged down in the minor details because making something yourself or locally is very sustainable in the first instance, regardless of um, not getting too caught up with things made internationally, really. Uh- um, so this is a question for all of you, and I think we'll all love this question. Um, what is the best, such most interesting, almost unusual piece of clothing or material that you've repurposed on your sustainable fashion journey? Um, Geraldine, we'll start with you. Well, can I talk about one that I will be doing? Because we were doing interviews just before this, and, I, and the, the lovely girls were asking me, um, where did I get the jumper I was wearing? And I was like, oh, I actually got in a charity shop. And then as I was saying it, I kind of just like caught something in the corner of my eye, and it was the fact that I, there was holes in the armpits of it. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, no, my mom's <laughs> going to kill me for wearing this on TV. But I'm going, but a past me would have thrown that out and been like, oh, my God, there's a hole in my jumper. Get that out of my sight as soon as possible and just thrown it in the bin. But current me is going to sew it up. So I'll just oh, be sewing it up with like, and I love to, I, I've got a few pieces of clothing that um, say would have got holes along the way. And instead of sewing it up, like, you know, discreetly, cause I'm, I'm not the best sewer, but I like to do it really obviously. And like with a really bright thread. So it's That's like, the kind of boom, style. it's here, yeah. and it, you know, once we notice. So it's like an accessory. And, yeah, exactly. So I'll be doing that. I'll be having colored uh, armpits with the, got, um, covering up the holes. I got a leather jacket from Depop, um, like end of last year or start of this year. And it's Versace and it was really cheap, right? It was like maybe be 40 euro or something and it was gorgeous so I was like oh yeah I'm definitely gonna get that got it and I was like wow this is an amazing condition and I don't know what I was going through at the time that didn't make me notice that basically it has three huge holes in it and it, it was stuck <laughs> together with band-aids colored band-aids uh-huh. but I actually kind of love it and I have I, I don't really want to touch the band-aids now yeah. uh, but I was just happened to the other day literally be looking in the mirror I was like oh this actually has loads of holes and I've never noticed but I actually loved that it's yeah, got like yeah. kids band-aids sticking little pieces <laughs> together it's it gives like, it a story yeah, it gives yeah. it a Story. Like, that's like one of the best things about secondhand clothing yeah. is the idea of who wore it before. Like mm. I remember I got a bag once and there was a, a dry cleaning receipt from the 60s. Oh, How nice. cool is yeah. that? That, that, some, is cool. that was some human mm-hmm. being's dry cleaning I got that receipt. with, um, but it was a receipt for like a... Um, a bodega or a corner store in Japan and so I was like oh my god this so came cool. all the way from Japan she's international <laughs> yeah. I love it I yeah, love it so Taz would you say that was a favourite or what's a favourite okay, piece okay can I, can I have two so one of them was okay, I would have like, 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 got a better story than the first one I gave <laughs> um, okay so no one of them was um, I have a pair of dungarees that I got in Amsterdam and they're like workman's dungarees so I love to imagine if they were owned by a milkman or like you know like a, a badass mechanic who was like a female badass mechanic who works in Harley yeah. Davidson's or like you know my, my mind you have like a movie attached to your story <laughs> but it has a massive big rip in it and it's been sewn up by hand in a different colour thread so I just love the idea that not only was this worn by someone mm-hmm. but it was mended by someone and I wonder was it they themselves who mended it was it one of their parents mm-hmm. just that like that item of clothing had so much life before I had it so I'll just leave it at one guys I hear you loud and clear my second one is probably what I'm wearing right now I got a second hand white Dickies jumpsuit that again I like to believe may have owned 
it belonged to a painter or something and then I just painted it with acrylic paint. It is one of my favourite pieces in life in general, I have to say. Thank Not you. just that it's because it's owned by you, uh, but it is gorgeous. Thank you. And if, because obviously this is a podcast and you're listening, it's a white jumpsuit with like blue, red and yellow and all over and it's very, very cool. Thank you so much. Shifra, what about you? Um, so repurposed, I kind of, um, if I'm going to buy something, I want it to be pretty almost ready to wear. Maybe take out shoulder pads, put a belt on it, that kind of thing. I don't go to extreme lengths, maybe shorten a dress, but my best vintage item I ever got, it was actually really quite amazing. I was in on a college field trip um, to Paris. We were buying fabrics, basically. And we were in NCAD and um, we were near the Montmartre district, I think it was. And I walked past this like furniture. We were, there's a couple of vintage shops. I walked past this like furniture shop and I could see this pair of like brown leather boots, like kind of like riding boots, just sitting on one of the tables in the in the in the furniture store. And I went in and I looked at them anyway, and they were Chanel. <gasps> and um, I said to the lady in the shop, I was like, "Are these for sale?" And she was like, "Yes, they're um, they're 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 too small for my legs." And um, it's kind of like a Cinderella moment, really. So I put them on. They definitely didn't fit me, absolutely not. But I like squeezed my feet into them and definitely have bunions to prove. And uh, put them on anyway. And I think they're probably half a size too small for me. But yeah, I got a pair of uh, Chanel boots for 100 euro. Brand, like never, ever worn. They're like um, knee high. And I wore them the whole way through college. So they're kind of destroyed now. But they're like my heirloom. I'll send, give them to my daughter. And you got from Paris. Chanel in Paris. Paris. I know, yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're amazing, yeah. Wow. So that was that my best. very, very cool. Oh, I'm very jealous. Um, and so I've got a couple more that um, we've been asked. And one is, now I'm sure we've kind of roundabout way answered these, but uh, what are some easy ways for people to upcycle, I guess, what they already have in their wardrobe and whether that be upcycling it themselves? Because you can, there's lots of things you can do at home by yourself or if someone wants to take it to a seamstress. But I guess maybe we'll start off with what you can do at home first because it is a more affordable way. Yeah, I mean, um, I just think there's there's so many YouTube tutorial videos out there that they really show you like kind of all the basics. Shout out to people that make YouTube tutorials. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, there's a tutorial for everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's a great way because you know there's a lot of people who feel, especially like I think our generation nowadays, that, that kind of the passing on of that knowledge of how to this to sew and um, upcycle your clothes, it's kind of been lost a little bit. So it's coming back in now. But if you feel a little bit daunted that you're like I don't even know where to start, there's a lot of YouTube tutorials so I think that's a great mm-hmm. place to start yeah, yeah definitely I couldn't agree more so we teach basics and sewing classes but again learn the basics and sewing because that's not good for just upcycling but also for mending your clothes mm-hmm. so much clothes is sent so much clothing is sent to landfill every single year because it's missing a button or might have a tear or something along those lines so it's really really great to learn the basics and sewing and also like there's a lot of simple things you can do with like paint yeah I think like Tara you're a great example yeah. of paint that. is great I feel like nothing in your wardrobe is safe now <laughs> nothing not even my boyfriend's um, clothes but yeah like if you if you have something in your wardrobe that's plain a plain black blazer pair of jeans that you're not wearing and um, maybe even bring them to a seamstress and get them altered to fit you and then paint it whatever way you like mm-hmm. and yeah. nobody on this planet will have it yeah exactly only you and what about you Shifra yeah. well I think sometimes people think that you know you have to be like really good at sewing and stuff mm. but it's just basics and also the things that I like and I always admire are maybe things that have been um, like badly repaired mm. like um, as Geraldine was saying earlier on with like the, the coloured threads for like the whole like I, I really like the idea of something being like it's very clear that you've repaired it and 
and it's quite like it's nearly like embroidery. There's some yeah. there's like another side to it, and like tells, yeah, it tells more of a story. And just with regards to like like see oh like band you see a lot of band t-shirts and stuff in charity shops. Just like cutting off the sleeves of them can be like a really simple way, and like tucking them into like high waisted shorts or jeans, and um, taking out shoulder pads is another way to instantly change something because I've got a lot of things that um that I've just taken the shoulder pads out of, and then it kind of creates a nice drape on the sleeve, and it's just it's really small things like that I think can really um, make a big difference to old clothing. And finally um, with Christmas on the way uh, what do you get a sustainable fashion loving girl? You can get charity shop vouchers. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. A ticket to a sustainable fashion Dublin event. Oh my God, wouldn't that be fantastic? Oh, Oh, wow. God, I would love one of those now. I think we need like a board for how many times we've done checking. Fair. Always. No, we've got to hustle. We've got to hustle out here. I would say like something along the lines of what Chief were saying, like those, that the eco eggs. La- uh, laundry detergent um, mm-hmm. a, like a little sewing kit oh I'd um, love that all yeah, that kind of stuff like, cute, yeah 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 um, yeah like vouchers for mm-hmm. homeware shops like Reusey where you can kind of yeah. make the switch to more sustainable alternative um, well guys thank you so much for joining me I hope um, everyone listening maybe has taken home um, some new facts and new information that you can implement into your life in terms of sustainability <laughs> That's it from this episode of Dirty Laundry. You can follow me over on Instagram at Tara Stewart DJ and catch me every weeknight on 2FM with a brand new music show from 8pm. Until the next episode, I'll talk to you then. Partnering with RTE on climate is not enough. AIB, we pledge to do more.